Welcome to the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. If you're a chief executive, or if you think like one, and you want to create exponentially greater impact, then this show is for you. My name is Richard Metcalf, founder of X Quadrant. I coach some of the most successful and impressive CEOs and executive teams on the planet and help them achieve extraordinary results. And no matter how successful you've been in the past, there's always a whole new level of impact available to you. So if you're ready to play a bigger game than ever before, I invite you to join us and become an Impact Multiplier CEO. What do you do when your leadership team meetings are not the strategic powerhouses that you want them to be, when they're frankly a bit meh? Welcome to Season 3, Episode 7 of the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. I'm Davina Stanley, and as usual, I'm here with Richard Metcalf to talk about the question of mediocre meetings. Hi, Richard. How are you? Hi, Dav. I'm, um, I'm great, thank you. Good to see you. Um, I'm looking forward to having this discussion with you today because I know that you are actually uh, um, a secret uh, meeting slayer. So I'm I gonna... am. So what's I that all am. about? What's that about? <laughs> Tell everybody well, why you're you... a meeting slayer. Well, a lot of the work that I do revolves around helping people communicate better. And when you're thinking about the strategy behind a piece of communication, I find very often people think, oh, I've got to go and present to the leadership team because I've got to, or I've got to go and, you know, because it's the quarterly update, it's the weekly presentation, whatever it is. And if you sit down and think about the purpose of your meeting very often, or your communication rather, very often you realize, well, there isn't one. So you maybe just give them a piece of paper that says, you know, here's the, everything's going well, here's why. Or alternatively, the other kind of meeting killing that I love getting into is when people send an email. And what happens when you're not killing the meeting is you send an email and then somebody says, can we have a chat about that? I'm not quite sure I, I, I have enough information to make a decision yet, or I'm not sure where you're coming from. So I want to ask you some questions and then you need to go and have a meeting and explain the email. Mm. And um, so to be able to send something which is so mundane, so every day that um, nails it, that you get a fast response that someone says, yes, let's do it. And you don't have to have a meeting. I think that's fantastic. So two yeah. kinds of, sort of shifting the dial on it, but I certainly take great pride in improving people's productivity by getting rid of meetings, unnecessary. Yeah. Not yeah, all yeah. yeah, fantastic. Because yeah, I see a lot of meetings, um, yeah, leaders sit through a lot of meetings, right? And you know, bizarrely, um, people like, want to get rid of, it's weird, right? People want to get rid of meetings because most meetings, frankly, are so bad. Uh, and they feel that sitting through meetings is pointless and unproductive and yet on the other hand if you think of you know people's careers rising through corporations it's like well everyone wants to be in the place where they get to be in the big meetings be in the meetings where things get decided right where you make the bold decisions where you collaborate across functions where you do all this stuff and so it should be good right it should be where you're making the biggest impact and then you get actually into the meeting and you're like this is really, this, this sucks, right? I'm spending you know, three hours of my life and, and um, we spent the first 50 minutes doing the financial update and there's no decision to take. 
uh, I could have read the presentation before we get sidetracked by somebody asking a question on on a detail which frankly I don't particularly need to know about uh, and why are we wasting all these people's time on that particular subject. And you're so glad you went to all that effort to get a seat at the table. Isn't that the way people talk about it? Yeah. You know, with great pride, having a seat at the table and then, you know, being disappointed when they get there. That's that's a shame, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. So I, I see that, yeah. So that kind of too much information and not enough deciding uh, can be a, a key one, right? Um, mm-hmm. and, and then also... Um, doing a lot of things in meetings so often execs have packed agendas on their on their on their meetings and they could run through a whole load of things and at the end of it they don't really feel they've achieved a lot like they haven't really got closure on a lot of things there have been a few half decisions or we need to explore in more detail or we need to follow that up but um not necessarily a real sense of we made some real key decisions here we made some hard choices we really um you know uh, took away resources from somewhere to put them somewhere else. You know, we all those things are often very elusive for people, I think, when they're in the leadership mm. situation. Mm-mm, absolutely, they can be. They can be. So what else have you got there? Have you got so many other thoughts about the problems with these with these meetings? Well, I mean, I, think that, I mean, fundamentally, I think that's, it's really the sense of when you come out of the meeting, you know, this is meant to be the decision-making powerhouse of the company uh, or of our business unit or whatever it is. And we're not really sure that we really um, made those bold decisions, used our time Mm. wisely, Mm. um, worked on the most important things. It's Mm -hmm. just that, I think. And people, Mm. and and often these meetings are regular, right? And so when they come up all the time, I mean, things get done. It's not like they're not doing anything. They are doing things, but there's a sense of this could be a lot better. Yes, yes. And people are just not sure how to optimize it really, are they? No. You know, because you just get in your in your habits and it's the weekly meeting or the monthly meeting. So you go and participate in the monthly meeting. It becomes a habit, doesn't it, to attend mm. rather than necessarily being really, really focused on on adding adding value. So now that's really cool. So too much information, not enough deciding, unclear achievements and doing a lot of things be your three three key sort of concerns there so if you're the ceo and your executive team meetings need to be you know built up what would you do so i think um i think there's four things that that come to mind here the first one is to really get a sense of adrenaline and tension into the system to kind of give the team an opportunity to win. Um, And the way I do this often is to say, let's set ourselves really a quarterly uh, strategic project. So I like to divide things into operations, which is just the whirlwind of stuff that's going to happen, like it or not, you're going to have to deal with that. And then there's this other area of strategic projects. And for me, strategic projects are things that it's not just a big deal. That's not for me a strategic project. A big deal, you know, is, is actually operations, right? It's it's a big thing. You're going to have to work on it. Um, for me, it's about what's the new capability that we want to build. What's the key risk that we want to take out of the of the business? Mm-hmm. Um, what's the um, what's the transformation that we are trying to create that's going to make operations so much more easy? Uh, 
next quarter. And so those are the things that are not going to happen unless you do it. Um, unless you as an executive team put your attention and focus on driving that. And so often, you know, often meetings just get into operational updates and minor incremental changes. But I would say, set yourself, you know, a, a challenging but achievable goal for the next 90 days and then track it in every meeting that you have, um, or you have more meetings, right? To say like, what do we do to absolutely nail our objective? It might be something like, you know, we need to absolutely, you know, um, you know, launch our new business, you know, launch our new product line or um, enter a new market. Or it might be, you know, we need to just seriously upgrade our customer relationship management system, right? Or uh, we need to really focus on creating uh, a new mindset in the business and we really need to like this, this for the next quarter let's really focus on doing that uh, and often we have normally we have like 100 strategic projects and none of them actually get finished fast but I'd say like focus really focus on one thing or one or two things max that you can really win on because that puts that gets everyone in the game oh we're suddenly now we've got we've got a game to play you know we're in meeting three of three of twelve how far are we on this particular project? And um, this is not, this is not, um, it might feel gimmicky. It's not, it's actually saying we need to, we've got a finish line. We've got to get over the finish line for something that's actually going to be adding value into the business very tangibly in the next, in the next quarter. No, I love that. So changing the the things you're working on together and the things you're naturally discussing by extension of that, rather than just focusing on operations and governance you know, I can imagine that shifting the energy and the, the enthusiasm and, and the deadline, right? Giving them a deadline, yeah. basically, something to work against. Yeah. No, that's great. So um, getting the meetings managed. Mm, how do we do that? The process of the meetings, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. So if the first one is really about the energy and setting some goals um, that are kind of short enough term to, to kind of get people engaged, uh, in a fresh way. The second one is a bit more about blocking and tackling, right? It's actually, are we managing our meetings effectively? Uh, most execs don't want to spend their time preparing and managing meetings, um, especially if their colleagues aren't doing the same, right? It's kind of a prisoner's dilemma. You know, it's like nobody else is preparing. Why the hell should I prepare? Yeah, I'm just going to spend <laughs> right? Um, That's a race to the bottom if ever there was one. Yeah, but I see it so often that... Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and, and often it might be just because the meetings are full of the execs and there isn't somebody who's really focused there on mm. the structure and the admin of that. And nobody wants to spend their time doing the admin for everybody else. Right? So um, it's preparation, it's follow-up, it's tracking actions, right? So do we actually go, last time we made these decisions, this is the progress. Yeah, what do we, you know, following up on them? What happened since the last meeting? Was our last meeting even useful? Um, in the preparation, um, what's our agenda like, right? Um, do we have the data? Do we have the information needed so we can actually have a productive conversation on these topics? Often people have not had the discussion and are really bought in as a team around that. Now that's a separate discussion, how you actually create that and shift in the habit. I probably can't get it into, into the details today. Normally when I'm coaching a team, we'll really work that through to say, is this something you really want to do? What's the cost? Let's count the cost of this. Where are you going to find the time? Is it truly important? Perhaps you don't need to prepare. What would that look like? And really get them to, to kind of um, get to the bottom of that. But I think mm -hmm. um, having 
a thorough management of that process to really treat it as a significant event, mm, uh, which mm. it is. It's important. And if you're thinking of that in relation to perhaps a board meeting, you know, a very senior meeting, you've got the combination of the chair managing the meeting, but you've also got them supported by the company secretary, haven't you? So you've got two people on that sort of role. So I could see opportunities for having people to come in who have that process role, who are not necessarily at the table even, if you like, who are part of the conversation, a useful part of the conversation, but perhaps have that, that hat, that process hat. Have you seen that done? Yeah, one of my clients, we, I am um, an executive team, a uh, very successful company, um, but we went away, we did an, I did a two-day uh, retreat with them, and I think they were so impressed at how productive they'd been with me actively facilitating, prodding them, challenging them, mm-hmm. um, that one of their action items was actually, you know, we need to have a chief of staff to actually mm. help implement some of these ideas in our weekly meetings or our monthly meetings, right? To um, to do exactly what you just said, yeah. To do the yeah. admin, and I want the admin, but the to to create the the environment in which mm. these discussions can most productively take place. Mm, absolutely. Now I see. You know, I do quite a bit of work in com- helping boards communicate. Um, I'm not in the room, but just helping prepare the papers, and and I collaborate with a board advisory specialist for that. And she talks quite a lot about those dynamics and the evaluation of those particular meetings. And I gather there's quite a bit you can do to really mm. improve the dynamic and and make sure that you know the conversation is is just so much more valuable, so much more well well managed, mm. and. Um, you know, filtering business by, you know, importance isn't material, I guess, is part of that. But you've got some other things there that I think you wanted to add. Yeah. So point number three would really be around um, the agenda itself. Um, it's critical, right? Generally, you need to probably take half the items off so that you have time <laughs> to actually fully bottom out the ones you the most important priorities mm-hmm. don't feel you need to please everybody by having their stuff on the agenda as you said you can do things differently you can t- do it by email as long as somebody's actually written a decent memo that has the right mm-hmm. information but mm-hmm. what i would say is the key one the single most important thing for an agenda is a clear finish line on every single item so a finish line is how do we know that we're done mm-hmm. um so let's take a classic item you know financial review okay well how do we know we're done like what exactly you know is there a decision to take um yeah and if it's just update the team on which often it is update the team on like really think okay hang on if it's just an update can't we send out an email um with the points um and then the finish line could be respond to any questions raised by my email. It's a small change, but suddenly you're not sitting there presenting, you know, 10 slides of, of financial, financial data uh, mm-hmm. and getting people to read it. But actually, okay, you will receive the email, any questions, dum dum dum, finished. Uh, or it might be um, financial review, the finish line is decide the one you know, the, the the most significant measure to take in response to our increasing customer churn that we've observed, right? So you you focus the discussion in on this is what we'd like to get out of this session. And once you're there, 
you're there. And if there's another topic that comes up, you can park it, you do it next time, take it offline. But people often don't know. The only, the only time we know we've finished the discussion is because we've run out of time and we need to be, we really need to be getting on normally. That's a terrible way to run a meeting, right? You want people to know, like a sports match, like a rugby match, you know, how do we know that we've actually got the ball over the try line and we've kind of scored? How do we know scored we've actually done, right? Yeah, how do we have that sense of, yes, we've nailed that one, we've made our decision, we've taken action, we've approved something, we've made a trade-off, you know, what is it that's going to give us that buzz of success? That point about the buzz, I think, is is really important because if you think of the profiles of people who end up being in these senior roles, getting things done and momentum and energy is such a key part of maintaining the rhythm, isn't it? Mm. And just maintaining the motivation. You know, if you sit there and you're floundering, it doesn't feel very exciting or, you know, mm. like you really want to be there, like you're saying before. Mm. So um, you've got a biggie there. One final parting shot for people. Number four. Yeah, this is, yeah, this really, for me, is almost uh, a structural consideration that a lot of people don't do. Most teams seem to have what I call just the meeting muddle. It's, it's just a whole hodgepodge of um, tactical coordination. Like, we need our teams to work better together. We need to sort out this, this issue. Uh, kind of operational problem solving, which is, oh, you know, um, some number is down, right? Sales are down or... Um, or we've got an issue with our um, IT system or whatever it is, right? And, and some operational problem solving. And then there's some strategic decision-making. Uh, let's talk, you know, we really need to talk about, you know, why we've, you know, uh, the lack of innovation in the company or, or whatever it is. Um, or we need, or some of it is like the more of the organizational level. You know, what do we want to be taking this business or, um is it really important to be uh, focusing on, you know, or what kind of company do you want to be in the future or very, very kind of broader questions. And the, the point is the rhythms and the energies needed for these and the time is very different. Tactical coordination needs to be a quick fire synchronization activity. You know, operational problem solving really needs to be focusing in on uh, very specific uh, actions for top business affecting priorities it's really a question of okay we've got 10 things we could talk about but these are the three red lights at the moment let's focus in on those but so those two are are quick are more quick fire i mean the tactical coordination is very quick fire uh, and, and almost need to do it almost daily right is quickly synchronizing between organizations making sure things are happening um taking any roadblocks out the way the operation problem solving is more about those key projects but it needs, needs to be happening once or twice you know perhaps once a week or once every couple of weeks really saying okay these are our big projects where are the roadblocks and how as an executive team do we remove those roadblocks so again it's pretty focused doesn't need to take a lot of time uh and it's gonna be fairly high energy uh and can do um action focused but then when you start to get to these other areas the more the strategic decision making the more the, the longer term reflections about the organization it's a very different rhythm in a strategic decision making you might need three hours to bottom out just one topic to really think it through and come up with a, a real sensible proposal and normally you've got like 10 minutes or half an hour in a in a meeting um and you're never going to really get to the stage where you can 
make a decision. You've got a considered choice. You've got something for the board. In fact, you just end up with people pontificating on things that you could do without <laughs> mm-hmm. the work happening. So those things need to generally be carved out and not for the whole team, but we'll say, we need to have, look, here is an issue. You know, we need to be deciding whether it's, you know, really sensible for us to be entering this market given the change in the economy. And three people go away, work on it and come back with a considered proposal with a couple of options and a recommendation on the, the mm. desk. And, and, mm. and so the point here is that you need to be separating out these different sorts of discussions for different timescales. Leave the organizational reflections for your quarterly offsites. Um, take your decisions, your strategic decisions into smaller groups outside these meetings. And then the actual meetings themselves can then be focused in on, um, on a smaller set of more closely related issues. So it's almost you have more meetings, but they might be shorter and they certainly will be more focused and more productive. And then the expense of those meetings reduces, doesn't it? Because you've not got people sitting around thinking, well, this isn't all about me. So mentally I'm off somewhere else. Or just frankly, as you calculated in one of our other calls, the cost, the dollar cost of having the people in the room. I think that's a much Mm. more efficient, much more granular and efficient way to handle it, isn't it? Yeah, no, I can see that. So four very useful things again for you today. Um, Having some quarterly, you know, big projects to really build the energy and the focus of of the people in the meetings. Make sure that um, they're managed well and you gave some really good ideas for that. Have a clear finish line so everyone knows when there is a touchdown and they can get that sense of achievement, but also so you know when to stop talking about each item. And then finally, the bigger one, which is all about separating out the purpose of the meetings and being really precise and specific about that. So I think they're four really, really useful, really useful things for people. So look, next time we'll look at another common issue that um, CEOs face, and that's really about nothing really happens at our offsites. Oh my gosh, I feel you on that one. It's all just lots of fun and and conversations and a bit of beer and wine and cheese and, and not, not nearly getting to the heart of what you need to progress the business. So any any final thoughts to add to this one, Richard, before we get ready for the next week? I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah, so on this topic of meetings, it's counterintuitive because we want to have, we feel we need to have fewer meetings and, and faster meetings, but actually less is more. Making a breakthrough on one major issue is more valuable than a whole bunch of minor updates, discussions and rubber stamping. So what's the number one issue your team really needs to break through on right now. Really think about that and structure your next meeting around that. Fantastic. Love that. All right. So as ever, you can go to the website and get the notes from this podcast. So they're at xquadrant.com slash season three, episode seven. And if you'd like to catch any of the other um, episodes from other seasons, you're very welcome to go to xquadrant.com slash podcast. Thanks so much. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye for now. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Now let's talk about you. When you're in top leadership, when you're in the biggest role of your career, who supports you at a deep level as you lead others? Who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level? If you're ready to learn more about our content, our coaching, and our community, then visit us at xquadrant.com.